is Daylight Magazine coming to you from Adventist World Radio Ghana, the voice of hope. Today's Daylight Magazine has segments designed with you in mind. Stay tuned and be blessed.
listeners. Today we look at a gift of love from Jesus. And we trace our reading from the book of Mark chapter 2 and the verse 27 to 28. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Through Jesus all things were created. According to the first two chapters of Genesis, Jesus created the world in six days and rested, blessed and sanctified the seventh day as the Sabbath. He made the Sabbath for us, hence sanctified, set apart it as holy for our benefit. The land and plant which God created on day three are complemented on day six by the animals and human beings who enjoy the feet on them. Sea and sky created on day two have the fish and birds made on day five, which swim and fly in them. Light created on day one is manifested on day four by the sun and moon, which bath the earth with light. Now notice carefully, the entire creation week builds toward the Sabbath. The Sabbath is at the top of the triangular structure of Genesis 1 and 2. The pinnacle of creation week. It is the crown of Christ's creative work. Now you understand better why Jesus said, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Our Savior gave us a great gift of love when he established the Sabbath for us. He knew our needs. What better could there be to look forward to at the end of frazzled week? The Sabbath provides for us a day to cease from routine weekly activities and be rested and refreshed. It offers the joys of worship and fellowship with other Christians, and it allows us time to do thoughtful acts of kindness, to strengthen family ties, to enjoy creation and think about our Creator, and to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Let's explore to the full the joys and benefits of the Sabbath. How much nearer to heaven can we get than this? Our reading today was by Kant Courtesy of Daniel Guild, and I was your presenter, Kofiba Nete. Listener, welcome to your favorite youth program, Youth Corner. Today, we are bringing you the last part on our series, The Balanced Life, Academic, Social, and Religious Perspectives. And once again, I have with me the three gentlemen who have started and are ending this series with me. Kindly introduce yourselves, gentlemen. Kian Sedu. Ben Justice Brivinti. Good morning, Kruma. Gentlemen, you are welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, we have seen the three various pillars, the three pillars of a student's life, the academic, social, and religious aspects. And we have come to a conclusion that they are all very important in the life of a student and that they need to be balanced. But the big question we want to address today is 
how are we going to do so? Do you have any personal influences that might benefit the life of the listener? Let's start with Mr. Ansedu. Yes, it was one discussion that we are enjoying very much. And as panelists, we have been blessed to be part of it. Uh, thank you very much, Russell. We're looking at how do we actually do it, you know. Thank God that for this an exception to most of the programs I've been on, you're actually looking at how having a talk show can only answer it from my own, you know, uh, experience as, as a student. For some of us, we went through school at the early part of our schooling, having the mind, as uh, Mr. Edmund would say, 50% academics, 30%, and then 20%. And so all we did was get glued to your books, forget about all other aspects, and then you pass and then you become a great person. We went through that kind of system. Yes, we did try a little bit. But when I grew up, it came to the university setting. I started reading and got to know that indeed, being religious will not take away anything from your academics, but rather will enhance it. Indeed, I have a change of mind. Now, I want to use my days in the university as an example. One thing that people can tell you, those who know me can tell you, is since I entered the university, people think I had started this a long time ago. I started being a spoken first time when I entered the university walls. I even started mingling with people when I entered the university walls. I had not done that previously or prior to that. I got interested in sports in the senior secondary school level. I will not do that because for me, spending every penny or you know, a bit of your time playing or going to church will take away something from your academics okay. and that you feel. But when I came and started doing that, in fact, I started seeing tremendous results. In other words, my whole life became whole. I could talk to people. I could relate to people. People that previously I couldn't even approach, I could approach them. I realized that you know, my grades were actually shooting up. And sometimes I realize, you know, is this a fluke or a nine-day wonder? But it, it keeps on doing that. Well, people will tell you that, oh, that's what I said. You will never even see him learning. You know, you either see him in church, in the cafeteria, which I think is very good for socialization, <laughs> at the cafeteria, or in the school field. These are the three, if you wanted to see me, these were the three things you would see consistently. And at the church, I'm not prescribing that you should always be in the church, as maybe Bibinti will prescribe. But I'm talking about, you know, I was in the church. People knew me to be in the field and that. But you see, at the end of the day, the results will come. And they will come up and say, ah, how do you do it? We never see you studying. But point is, once you are in tune with God, he even teaches you how to actually go about your studies. So that when somebody is spending three hours on a subject, he makes it 30 minutes for you. And for me, it's a practical experience. Bimenti, did you have any girlfriend? Did you have any particular <laughs> religious activities? <laughs> Other than of your, your academics, and how did you, <laughs> how did you combine them? You what is your story? <laughs> you know, you will really, live without really one. <laughs> out very well. Okay. Listeners may think I'm an anti-so or okay. something, but I want to tell them I really enjoy every aspect of the three things we are talking about. Mm, okay. But then you should be able to understand yourself. Knowing yourself is something very, very important. That is true. I don't spend much time learning because I believe in doing the religious aspect, mm. which will grant me the opportunity to understand the others. I was part of the school's debating club. I was part of the sports team. I was part of everything on campus. But aside all this, my motto was, or philosophy for that matter, was, I should be able to impact on somebody in whatever I do. And that really helped me to be able to make it academically. So religion is still more important, and that will help you just quest through the rest powerfully. Edmund? As I still stand on my academics, you have to pay more attention to academics. 
I socialize a lot. I socialize a lot with friends. I have a lot of friends anywhere I pass. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Well, when I was in school, they used to call me Zoom. See, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. I got to know a lot of people. I learned a lot from friends. Even though I socialize a lot, I also have God in mind. As I was saying, religion is about knowing yourself and knowing God, establishing a good relationship between you and God. So if you have a good relationship between you and God, it doesn't mean going to church. Even as you are going, you can be walking and be praying. Later you wake up, God, thank you for giving me such a day. Open doors for me. You are religious. So most of the time, I spend my time with friends and when I go to church and academics. I'm always on campus. I'm always at the library, always having group discussion, always listening to what my lecturer is saying. So I like sitting in front just to make sure I make good grades. That's my motive, being a student. Academics. You can get right <laughs> He was know. praying every day. The guy was eventually working and praying. I think he was actually praying more than studying. And so he's still about our point. No. Indeed, he was taking religion more. Yeah. What I was saying is, <laughs> understanding yes. God is religion. <laughs> my man had never sat in front before. <laughs> <laughs> that's a discussion for another day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, panelists. Thank you so much, panelists. I think the conclusion can be drawn that all three elements are very important, but we must be able to incorporate the three such that your religious life will show in both your academics and your social life. That's right. So, as individuals, let us try to look within ourselves, know ourselves, and know how much time to allocate to each of these sectors or aspects of our lives such that we'll excel. Thank you so much, listeners, for staying tuned and listening to this wonderful, insightful episode. And we promise to bring you even more enticing episodes in our coming sessions. I've had with me for this discussion Mr. Ansedu, Bibinti Ben Justice, and Morning Kroma. Gentlemen, thank you for coming. You're welcome. I have been your host, Russell Mensah, and this show was produced by Kofi Holman. Thank you for listening. This is a special announcement. Starting from the 26th of March 2017, to the 28th of October 2017, our new frequency for our summer broadcast would be 11880 kHz. Thank you. For any inquiries or contribution, you can contact us on plus 233-20870-4532 or plus 233-244-235017 or email us at radio at vvu dot edu dot gh or through the postal address adventist world radio ghana p.o box af 595 adenta greater accra region ghana we will expect your feedback
Coming up next is the moment of truth. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Moments of Truth. My name is Agana and Siri Agana. Today our message is entitled, Decided or Convinced? Decided or Convinced? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much. Because you love us, because you have laid down before us your simple truth. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to respond to it, to believe in it, to believe in you and be saved. Father, today as we consider your word, we pray that you open our hearts to your admonition that we must be convinced and not merely decided. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Are you decided or are you convinced about the faith that you hold? Are you absolutely sure that Jesus Christ lived and died and rose again in a way that strangely somehow cleanses you of your sin and reconciles you to God? Are you convinced on what terms have you come to believe this? Or are you merely decided because it's what you've been told since you were born that it must be true? Are you simply decided because you've already invested a lot of your life into church going? Are you simply decided because you have already tied yourself so closely in by family relations and financial commitments that you cannot tear away? Christianity, at its most fundamental level, is based on an argument. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ came upon this earth and he made certain claims. Now those claims could either have been true or false. Indeed, there were many who rejected his claims. And as a result of rejecting his claims, they did the logical thing and rejected him by extension. And yet a certain few did hear the words and think there was something to them and think that they must be true. How is it with you? Are you convinced or are you decided? You see, when someone comes and tells you a story about something that just happened in town, well, you might well accept that it has indeed happened if you have no reason to doubt the person. If you know who they are and you think they are credible enough and their reputation is, is solid with you, then you might just go ahead and accept that, yeah, it's happened. Even if it's a rather improbable event, even if it's very, very unlikely that such a thing would happen in town, because Asumesi has said so, it's true. You just assume it's true. You see, if at this point you've not been convinced You've just accepted it. You've decided that it's true. And it might well be. You see, assumption is willfully ignoring questions that raise doubts. But consider if you were to see on the news that evening a report on that event as it happened. Well, now things would be in an entirely new light, wouldn't they? Now you'd not only have you know, decided that it was true, but now you'd also be convinced. Now evidence has been given. Now the claim has been supported. Now you are convinced. Conviction entails evidence. Evidence that dispels doubt. It's not merely assuming that something is, is true. 
So you see the context in which Christ's hearers in the first century heard his words and they were expected to believe or reject it is a context in which there were many competing claims. The Pharisees said it was this way. The Sadducees said it was this other way. And the scribes said, no, if you really look closely and critically at the text, it's that other way. And here appears Christ on the scene to say, blessed are the poor in spirit. Ellen White tells us that his words fell on their ears as something strange and new. Some believed it, but many did not. You see, see what the rabbi said about the suffering servant in Isaiah 53? You'd come to question a lot about your own understanding of the text. Seeing what the Pharisees had to say about Daniel's prophecies, you'd have a lot to question about your own interpretation of them. Seeing all these other alternative worldviews puts the words of Christ in their true light as a proposition that can either be true or false. Today we tend to look at the message of Christianity isolated from everything else. It is given to us pure and simple as the milk of our infancy and the bones of our adulthood. We do not question it. We do not investigate it. We do not interrogate it. We just accept that it is true. And on one level, this is good because we do need the blind faith of a child. But you see, at the same time, we must seek the evidences of our faith because faith indeed is the evidence of things unseen. You see, those who followed Christ in the beginning did not merely decide to do so mindlessly. No, they were convinced by the propositions of his teachings. I am by no means asking you to go and furnish yourself with all the arguments of all the different schools of religion and faith. No, but what I am saying is that if you call yourself a believer, you need to be sure that you are not simply decided, but that you are convinced. Study the word like you have never studied it before. Study it out for yourself, disconnected from the voice of the pastor who preaches it from the pulpit. Study it in pleading with the Holy Spirit who will open it up to you and convince you of its truth. This is what the scripture means when we are told that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. Jesus Christ pleads in John 14, 11, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Be convinced because it is true. Don't merely decide because it is convenient. Let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your love and for your mercy. We thank you so much, O God, that we have a faith that is reasonable. We have a faith that is sound. We thank you so much that we have a faith that illustrates both the power and the wisdom of God, as your word tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. We pray, O God, that, Father, you will convince us of truth, do not merely leave us decided. But Father, strengthen our faith with the assurance that your word is true. And if this is so, God, please let us humble ourselves to the study and contemplation of your holy word. We pray in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you very much for staying with us once again. You can reach us on plus two three three two zero eight seven zero four five three two or plus two three three zero three zero seven zero five one zero five eight or email us at radio at vvu dot edu dot gh or through the postal address. Adventist World Radio Ghana, P.O. Box AF595, Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. This is a special announcement. Starting from the 26th of March 2017, to the 28th of October 2017, our new frequency for our summer broadcast would be 11880 kHz. Thank you. I believe today's magazine has been a blessing. May the good Lord's hands be in your life. Amen. Remember to tune in same time tomorrow. Bye for now. <laughs>